congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, there are certainly times in our lives when the security that we gain is not so much in what we're doing, but what somebody else is doing for us. Our boys and girls, I'm sure, could relate to that. Uh, they're not called to go to work in the morning. They might be called to go to school, and that would be their work. Uh, but it would be impossible for our little ones to go out and make money to feed the family, but what's impossible with them is something that their parents, what the parents are able to do for them. When we're able to, unable to get around, if you're thinking about it on the, the other side of things, you know, when you're, you have an injury or because of, uh, of senior years, you know, it's good to know that there are those around who are there to help us. You know, maybe it's a family member or some friend or a neighbor, somebody within the church, and they can do things for us that we can't do. We're never, we're not able to do them anymore. At least we can't do them at the moment. It's impossible with us. It's possible with them that way. The peace and the clarity and the faith that we come to know and express in Christ all stem from a belief, of course, on a, on a larger level, on a divine level, that what's impossible with us is possible with God, which is why we confess Him, why we praise Him. And it's not just possible, but it's also what God so graciously does. And we'll see that again as we focus this, this uh, evening on the fear and the wonder and the faith of Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ, this evening, on the basis of the three reactions of Mary to the word of the Lord. And so we look, first of all, at the reason or the fear of Mary. We recognize that she is in that frame of mind as this angel comes to her, uh, certainly because uh, the angel himself says to Mary, don't. Be afraid. We read in the passage that we just read that in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, an incredibly noteworthy moment has arrived in the history of redemption. We've seen in the past that, or we could see in the past if we look at our Bibles, uh, as we read through what Luke pens, both in his Gospel but also in the Acts of the Apostles, that Luke, for Luke, the sixth unit of time has been a very important one at various times. But the cross of Christ in the sixth hour, in the sixth hour of prayer for Peter regarding his dealings with Cornelius, and here, the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. And we know that we can anticipate something noteworthy in the bigger picture of God's redemption plans, and surely we see that here as this episode is capsuled in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Repeated later by Gabriel as he demonstrates the reasons for Mary to respond to the word of the Lord in faith. These are indeed remarkable times, miraculous times. They are times of fulfillment. Very things that are the reasons why these times are worth penning. They're acts that are worthy of saving faith, not just for Mary, but for everybody who hears these events of how God is fulfilling His promises. So why is Mary troubled by these words that are spoken to her? Well, it would seem obvious to us. Because such encounters are so rare anyway, who wouldn't be troubled? Mary is troubled in the same vein as Zechariah and also those who saw Jesus as resurrected in chapter 24, verse 38. At the end of Luke, 
We know her troubling is of a fearsome variety, as we mentioned, because the counsel that she receives is not the fear from the angel. But for now, she does. And what's especially troubling is the words that are spoken to her. What is this to speak of her as one highly favored? Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Some, of course, come to understand what this means uh, as she has this greeting brought to her that she's full of grace to dispense on others in some sort of mediating way. But she's not declared to be full of grace to be dispensed, but as one full of grace dispensed by God, knowing the gracious presence of the Lord. That's the focus, not on Mary, but on God. What would be specifically troubling for her is not that she's something special, but that she's not. That's what is greatly troubling her. She appears to have a keen sense of her own unworthiness. And that makes it hard for her to come to grips with such a message of favor and indeed a, a, a message of special favor. You know, when we are exposed to the, the stories of Scripture repeatedly, there's a temptation to look as, at grace as something to be expected rather than to be awed by it. You know, we... We shouldn't be surprised at someone who contrasts her unworthiness to the holiness of God would be troubled by such an announcement. But indeed, good news has come the way of Mary, and it has come to Zechariah, and it has come to Elizabeth, and that gospel proclamation of grace brings with it a message that's part and parcel of the greater change that the good news of the gospel of God brings with it. Movements from troubled fear to peace. It's a kind of good news that's based on the favor that rests upon those God so chooses to receive it. Mary is one of the recipients of peace on earth. She's reassured with the very words that were first declared to her that the favor of the Lord rested upon her a reminder that God was with her and that with God's presence, there really is no reason to fear. Throughout the Gospel of Luke, God declares and teaches to us to put away our fear. As we hear the Gospel's proclamation. Do not fear Zechariah. Do not fear Mary. Do not fear shepherds. Fear not. You're worth more than many sparrows. Fear not, little flock, for it is God's will, God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Putting away our fears so much the gospel proclamation, isn't it? We even sing that, don't we? Come thou long express expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins. Release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Maybe a fear of judgment put away by the message of grace 
or it may be any other fear that is soothed by God's declaration in Jesus Christ that I'm with you wherever you go. And I'm a present help in time of trouble. Mary's fear is understandable. For different reasons. She has an encounter with the holy word of the Lord and her special favor as the mother of the Lord has not yet been what has been revealed unto her. But she had reason to put away her fear simply because of God's gracious word reinforced to her. Assuring her of God's presence, remarkably so, and in that way we can share that peace with us. As those who come to know this peace ourselves through the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in the most remarkable ways, we do not need to fear in that sense the presence of the Lord, of God with us, because he has come graciously with favor to take our fears away and our sin. And while Mary feared and had that fear removed, there was also a reason for wonder. She hears of how she is to bear a son and she is to call him Jesus and that he would be great and that he would not only be a savior of his people but also an everlasting king. He'd be savior, he'd be Lord, and he would be king like no other in accordance with promises made to David that there would be this one who would reign on his throne forever. What makes Mary wonder has to do with who she is. Underscored in our passage, mentioned often that she is a virgin and that she knows no man. And how then will this prediction come about? Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? Well, some might say, well, in her reaction to the word, is that anything different than the reaction of Zechariah? Was she no more than an unbeliever as was Zechariah? And the answer would be no. And why is that? Well, Zechariah wanted proof. Mary just wanted to know how such a thing could happen given her virginity. One wants proof, the other wants to know how it can happen. It's not a question of unbelief, it's a question of clarity, and the Word of God gives that. It's what the Word of the Lord provides for us. It's one of the blessings of the Scripture. It's one of the blessings of the Word of God. What is true for her, true for us all when we're in Christ. The Word of the Lord, be it the special manner in which it was given in a unique time in the history of redemption, or be it in our times when God has kept His promises to the full in Jesus Christ, it's a word that will bring clarity to our situation and we can bank on it. Luke directs our attention to the virgin conception and the virgin birth here, both in the backdrop of the episode, but also in the first thing that Mary says. The virgin conception and birth testify to us that a new day is truly on the horizon. It's a remarkable time. Up until this time, all those born into this world are conceived and born in sin. Because up until this time, all conceptions and births have occurred in the natural way and by way of the activity and agency of sinful humans who share in the original sin of Adam. And they're all conceived and born in sin. But this one, this one will be different. 
not conceived and born in sin, he will be called holy. And he'll be called holy because he will be conceived differently than uh, any other child. He'll be conceived in holiness. And while all others who have been born, who have been conceived and born in the sin of shame, this isn't the case here. This breaks the mold. We read that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the the Most High will overshadow you. And that terminology of overshadowing is what makes us consider, it it relates us to the, the cloud of glory. It's known in the Scriptures as the Shekinah. Cloud of glory overshadows the the tabernacle in Exodus 40, verses 34 and 35. Worth uh, a moment to read, turning over to Exodus 40, verses 34 and uh, 35. Near the conclusion of the book of Exodus. And there it says that the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting, because the clouds settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Spirit of God, we read all the way back in Genesis 1, verse 2, hovered over the waters in Genesis 1 at the dawn of creation. And we hear in the middle of the book of Luke how in the transformation of Christ, that there is this transfiguration, I should say, of Christ, that a A cloud envelops Jesus and the disciples. And then we read in Acts that a cloud takes Jesus out of the sight of the disciples in the first chapter. It's the cloud of glory. The cloud of life. So this one conceived and born is a different being, a a different man, a different person. He'll be great. He'll be righteous. He'll indeed be someone like nobody else, a Savior, the only Savior, the everlasting King, God incarnate, a righteous man, truly God the Son. The wonder of Mary gives opportunity for readers to hear why they needed, why there needed to be a virgin birth and why they needed this one to be conceived and born in this way. And whether it was Elizabeth or anybody else born of Adam, one could speak of one's own shame taken away by this new man, this new Adam, this last Adam, through whom all the nations of the earth, even the nations to which we belong, including you and me, we can share through faith in such good news of great joy, wondrous joy. Causes even more wonder and marvel than even the questions that Mary asks about how this will be since she's a virgin. But we also read in turn then the reason for faith. Much news is coming Mary's way. We talk about having to take in a lot in one day. This is quite the day. She's highly favored by the Lord. She knows God's presence. She hears that she's going to be with child by the Holy Spirit. She hears that the name of the child is to be Jesus. She hears that he'll be great like nobody else is great. Even greater than John who will be preparing a way for him. 
she is at Elizabeth, who was barren and old, so opposite of Mary, who's young and virgin, is nonetheless with child. And she hears that her son will not only save, but rule. In fulfillment of God's promises to David forever, forever. That's a lot to take in in one day. And she believes it all. She says, I'm the maidservant of the Lord, to whom God's grace and favor have been promised long ago. Let it be according to your word. No need for admonition here. No need for discipline here. The angel departs from her. Mary believes the word of the Lord. Why? Well, we could say simply because God's word is worthy of that, but it's what the angel speaks that's the clincher. All of these things can happen and will happen because nothing's impossible with God. That's our security. In essence, that God can do exceedingly more than all that we can ask or imagine. He can establish a new humanity in Christ, a new creation in Christ. He can establish a kingdom without end in Christ. He can do that. He does it. He can save a people unto himself in Christ. He can show us the way that seems dark. He can see us through life and through death as he declares to us, fear not, I'm with you. He can give us the grace that we sufficiently need. He can walk us through the valley of the shadow of death and see us through it and whatever other valley that we have to endure before it. And with you and me, that's impossible. But that's not impossible with God. With God, all things are possible. That was the message that Mary heard. And while there's only one mother of the Lord, the message that nothing's impossible with God is, is, the, is the message that we all need to hear. So that we can have our fears soothed and our darkness turned to light and our uncertainties to certainty and our faith made strong. Those who are called to be saved servants of God, wherever it is that he's placed you, wherever it is that you find yourself right now, whatever responsibilities that you have to take on right now, that can be sometimes so heavy for us to carry. But when we are saved servants of God in the Lord Jesus Christ, in accordance with God's word, these words that tell us just like they told Mary, can ring true for us. Don't be afraid. You've found favor with God. May we be so encouraged tonight as those who are called to believe that when it comes to what God promises in His gospel love, in the Lord Jesus Christ, the only faith and the everlasting case 
nothing is impossible. How we rest then in that salvation. And as, how, and as Mary said long ago, may this be our motto as well. I am servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. May I submit to you always in light of your grace to me, in light of the rule that Christ always has over everything, over all time, over the world, especially in your life and mine.